Gather round Alberta growers for common sense, educational, get your hands dirty, not as hard as you think to make it beautiful tips with Rob and Kevin from Salisbury Greenhouse and Landscaping. Pour a coffee, grab the seeds, and get ready to grow. Hello, Eager Gardeners. I'm Rob Sproul. And I'm Kevin Napora from Salisbury Landscaping. And welcome to September in Alberta. And so far, it's turning out to be a beautiful one. Winter's coming. Winter's I'm so coming. excited. Mr. Stark over here. Oh. The, <laughs> so and a, a winter, winter is coming. And so a lot of what we're going to talk about today, and you were just vibrating with excitement. A lot of what we're going to talk about today is getting ready for the big W. Yes. In um, usually in about mid-August, oh, our our offices are right beside the greenhouse, and um, so in about July, uh, the greenhouse usually gets all of your little poinsettias, and they're little tiny little plugs, and then they slowly get transplanted on into big pots. Mm-hmm. And about mid-August or so, those pots get set out right in front of our offices, and is. On the day they get set out, there's a giant cheer in the office, <laughs> and we all high five each other because winter's coming. <laughs> it's a very exciting time. You're a wacky bunch. <laughs> I think you might have some fumes over there. Um, the but then you get to watch them change color as yes. well, which is pretty cool. One year we did uh, we set up a time lapse camera. Oh wow! In the greenhouse overlooking the big greenhouse that took a picture a day. And we made a video of the poinsettias changing red. It was pretty cool. We don't have technology to do the color correcting and stuff like that. So it was a little little (laughs) jumpy. But uh, but it looked great. So talking about looking great, right now in yards everywhere, we have annuals that are starting to look a little long in the tooth. And same with the pots as well. Um, I know with my pots, I get super excited in in May and June and July. They're looking amazing. And the end of July, stop watering them. And mid-August, they're (laughs) sort of looking dead. So September, I'm ready for new pots. some things like, uh, well, lobelia. All the lobelia died this year. I'm not really sure what happened. I'm not happy with mine. Turned brown and stuff Yeah, mine did too. It's a hot crispy. The petunias are, you know, petunias right now, I think there's a lot of people having mold issues with them, things like that. And you talk about winter's coming, the aphids are coming. Yes. This kind of giant zombie army of aphids is about to take flight. That would be exciting to see. It would be, except it's real. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. The aphids right now are in the midst of sprouting wings, and they're about to form big black clouds. Which means petunias, when people come to me on Labor Day and say, I have aphids on my petunias, what do I do? I always say, just rip them out. Yeah, throw a bag. <laughs> but people don't like that. There's, oh, no, we got to take care of them. And how can we grow? No, just rip them out and put in some new pots. And it's interesting because we actually have, lately in the past couple of years, we've had a decent fall here. We've had a yes. decent fall season. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> considering that we didn't have a whole lot of summer, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of rain-free days. This mm. summer, you know, fall tends to be on the drier side. And so I know a lot of people are looking at, you know, kind of sprucing up the yard and the patio, things like that for that fall season and getting another turn under those planters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, you can use things like mums, grasses. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I actually, I took, a, I took a tour through the greenhouse okay. and there were some really cool things. There's gorgeous kale. Yep. You've got some beautiful kale and you can eat it. Um, mums, of course, mm-hmm. uh, and corn, uh, sunflowers, and there's some gorgeous dusty miller yep. and feather reed grass. 
So if if you're uh, if if your summer pots were a disaster, <laughs> you, can, you can have another chance Very at it. <laughs> so it looks good and, in and September, other October. Too, that we don't we don't have right now, but you know are available. Things like I always tell people: if you want to know what's going to work in Edmonton in the fall, go to Banff in the summer, because. Oh. The plants, the, the plants in their containers right. tend to be plants that really thrive in cool, drier conditions uh, like our falls and cooler mm-hmm. nights. So they have lots of snapdragons, lots of pansies and violas, things like that. Dianthus, these plants excel in the fall in those kind of cool yeah. temperatures. I've got phenomenal pictures from um, uh, Banff, the Banff Springs Hotel. Mm-hmm. Oh, has insane, insane um, designs and um, uh, uh, cool plant material that they use as well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's they a good very idea. Cool stuff. So, just because it's fall doesn't mean your planters have to look awful. No. Right? And the nice thing about fall is that everything's cheaper. You know, the, oh, yeah, the sales are cheaper, sales, <laughs> everything like that. And it's the best time in the, in the, of the year to plant a tree. Oh, right. Yeah, apparently true, true. the best time of year to plant a tree is right when they start to color. Um, which actually reminds me of getting into dividing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in your garden care, um, we have to look at um, taking care of your perennials um, and then creating space in the garden. Um, so with the perennials... Um, Generally, you have to do a cutback. So you have to do a cutback in, in, in October. So everybody does that. Um, but if you wait all the way till the end of October, you're looking at dead things. Mm-hmm. And you're also uh, putting like a massive amount of stuff into your compost mm-hmm. or into the um, uh, uh, garbage. Um, so if you can start doing your perennials in September when they start turning yellow, um, then uh, one that reduces your workload but also it gets you into dividing as well because once once you see the space that you have, then you can start um, breaking that plant material up and moving it about. And always think a few years ahead, right? So if you divide your irises, for example, my irises, I need to divide them. They, mm. They're getting that donut look where there's nothing in the middle and all, yeah. the, all the stuff's on the side. Yeah. So I need to divide my irises and I'd be able to see better where to put them and yeah, you always think a few years ahead in terms of what's this going to look like in a few years mm-hmm. when they're starting to, to mature and growing. Right. right. So, you know, I call it plant surgery. You're dividing, you're transplanting because you are basically like transplanting organs. And so, you know, you want to have your hole dug and ready to go on the other side. Right. When you transplant and divide, you want to dig as big a root ball as possible, as is feasible. Uh, to transplant, when you're dividing, just make sure you know you're very careful, as careful as you can with your fingers, um, to you know to get those roots apart, and just you know don't just pull straight out. Kind of massage a little bit. Work with the plants. Right. 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 And uh, you know we do. We can put the axe away. We can just work with our fingers. Actually, that bizarrely reminds me of a sunflower. I had to chop down with a full-sized axe. I got one of those big <laughs> Russians. They get massive. They get massive. It was yeah. huge. They get massive. I had totally off topic a couple but... years ago, and I remember trying to pull them out in October, yeah. and it was excruciating. <laughs> I, think, I think I did. I might have. I might have ended up with some kind of sharp-edged blunt instrument. Yeah. Um, so, but... so cut back a bit earlier, and then we see some space, and then we can get into planting some bulbs. True. 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 And I love bulbs because, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, bulbs are kind of counterintuitive because you plant them in the fall and then they grow in the spring. 
And so a lot of people come in the spring asking for tulips and things like that. Yes. And I say, I'm sorry, come back in the fall. Um, but the nice, the great thing about bulbs is what I love is in May, when all of our gardens are brown and just awful and snow mold mm. and everything else, you get these little flashes of color around your front beds and things like that to just kind of give you a little hint of what's coming. Yes. And that's But it's super cheery. Um, what, that's the one amazing things uh, uh, about people in, in uh, Edmonton, Sherwood Park, St. Albert, is that uh, pe- the gardeners get super excited about the spring. Mm-hmm. They, um, yeah, there, there's an intensity about gardening. The in, longer in the, the winter, the more excited you oh, get. Oh, yeah. And, and so to be able to see all of that color first, oh, well, it's never first thing in May. Sometimes, this year, this year. Crocus we, and things. Yeah, yeah, crocuses. But for the most part, you're looking at mid to, to uh, late May. And tulips and things. Now, tulips and daffodils as well. More daffodils are quite tender. Tulips, you'll find that um, you, you might want to give tulips a little mulch. Um, and try to get them a little closer to the house, maybe a little sheltered if you can, right. because they aren't entirely hardy. And so they will shrink over mm-hmm. the years. Some bulbs will grow in size. They'll actually shrink a little. So I want to know, what's, what is your preferred depth of planting the bulbs for the tulips versus the daffodils? You know, I don't even know if this is correct, but I always, just, I always dig a hole and, and ballpark about the height of the bulb mm-hmm. and then put the bulb. Ah. That's typically what I ballpark. Okay. Right? And so... Yeah, because I, mean, I was have been for the last little while suggesting for tulips going to about three inches or so. Okay. so Just, that's just under the soil. Above right. Yeah, because ha- when I first did it, I did six inches, and they came up beautifully in the second week in June. Yes. <laughs> I was so sad. <laughs> and pointy end up, folks. Yes, pointy, pointy end up. up. And when you're buying the bulbs, skip the softies. If you if you get a bulb and it's squishy, it's like fruit. It's not going to happen. So, um, you know, skip those bulbs. But definitely, and, and cluster them. Don't put one bulb at a time. You Bulbs have to grow in clusters of five or so. And, you know, you can buy them bulb. They're pretty cheap. And it's just nice because they grow, you get that first blast of color, and then they die back. Mm-hmm. Don't cut them because then, uh, especially tulips, cut tulips in Alberta, not a great idea because, um, first of all, they, they cost nothing to buy at the, the store. And secondly, if you cut the tulips and put them in the kitchen, the bulb isn't going to get any of those nutrients back into the bulb. Right. And it's probably not going to make it the next year. Yeah. So you want to wait until those leaves are right yellow and shriveled before you cut them out. But then they get so small that all the other perennials start growing, and it's like never happened. True. But the bulbs remain. I find that um, uh, Darwin tulips tend to be the hardier ones, mm-hmm. and you'll they'll last longer. If you go for those really super pretty ones, yeah. like the parrots and Rembrandts and things like that, they're mostly annuals. So yes. I find people who, um, they, they just simply, they, they grow them, they love them, and then they pull them all out. I love the bright colors. I'm thinking if it's bulbs, I want yellows and blues and reds. And I, I, just, I just plant my tulips. I plant big, yeah, big Darwins just in primary hues and secondary hues. And just, I want a rainbow in there. Yeah. Well, you're going for that, that brash color. Absolutely. Um, and then I also find um, nothing subtle about bulbs. tulips get eaten by deer. Um, okay. So if you're kind of like on, on acreages and stuff uh, or 
close to the edge of the city, then you might want to have more daffodils on mm -hmm. um, tulips closer to the house or at least a little bit more protected. Okay. Otherwise, they, they get nipped. So, so we have the bulbs and, you know, start as we start to think about winter, um, you were talking about um, starting to look ahead to how the garden looks in the winter. And a lot of people mm -hmm. are starting to talk about four season appeal right. in terms of, you know, the popularity of more things like Mount Nash and Tony Astor, plants that look great in the fall and the winter. Um, I talk a lot about leaving the grasses and things in your annuals containers as winter appeal mm -hmm. uh, for, you know, up against the snow and things like that. And even for the birds to the birds to use to feather their nests. But you were talking about hedging shrubs and giving them some shape. Oh, um, well, uh, one I used to do um, uh, garden maintenance for many, many years. And um, what we all, always used to do was in at the beginning of September, uh, just around Labor Day, we would go and we'd hedge all of the, the shrubs, especially near doors and that. And the idea is so that you have a, a really nice looking shrub. So when people talk about winter gardening, they're, they're always thinking about greenery or colored stems. Uh, so like dogwoods and things like that. But also a nice looking shape is something nice in the garden as well it and it's, um and also um one thing about snow as well is that say for hedges if you leave your um your your shrubs weak then what happens as the snow comes if we get a heavy dump of snow what happens it'll splay your shrubs mm -hmm. and then so it, the the form of the the the, the ball or, or whatever shape you're trying to create is, is wrecked mm -hmm. for the winter. And then it just looks bad for the entire winter. Yeah, of course. So by hedging nicely, softly, and I, I say softly because uh, you're, you're just shaping only. Mm -hmm. um, if you're getting into pruning, pruning is when you remove a lot more of the branches. And pruning should only be done at the end of October. Uh, so that, so I, I'm, I'm cautioning with my words. You're you're just simply shaping and creating a beautiful form for the winter. Okay, a lot of people uh, come to me and ask about things they can prune in their shrubs, and I have to explain nicely that this is Alberta, and you can't prune a T-Rex into your Cotoneaster. If your Cotoneaster grows into a nice full block of leaves, yeah. it's celebration time. <laughs> you know, definitely. Way, way back when uh, Edward Scissors Hands came out. And that's when I, I, I entered gardening. It must have been fun being a landscape designer. Oh, I totally, <laughs> totally was just like, that's what I want to do. Oh, that's no. how I want to run my life. I, I want to do that. And, and of course, How's this is Alberta. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I make you, nice you're out there, You're out there pruning, pruning Disney characters into your carrots and your spruce trees. <laughs> but anyways. So... And also, now, we have fruit, and I know a lot of people now, September, we normally be talking about apples and things like this, yeah. but for most people, that ship has sailed. Like, they've, they're fallen or things like that, and I know a lot of things this year are just plain early. Mm -hmm. I, I was listening to CBC a while ago, and the bird guy was on, and everyone was asking, where did all the birds go? And he said, they're gone. They, you know, their I... cycle started early, started in April instead of May, and... You know, they wrapped up what they need to do, 
and they're going down south for peanut I still think that's bizarre. If you you've done you've, you've kicked the kids out, why not just relax? But why relax just... in the cold when you can go down and <laughs> you know read some Stephen King novels on the beach, oh, right? Miami or Texas, exactly. So um, I know the geese. Like it is April twenty fourth or so now, and I've already seen geese flying south. I'm sure by the time this airs, the geese will be clearing right out. Here. Oh, for sure. So. And also, so fruit trees generally going to be bare, um, and a lot of the the bugs are coming out. Uh, well, they've settled in. You have the, the the slugs, of course, in the garden, yes, which were pretty epic mm-hmm. this year. And I know my cabbages were all just munched. Now, right. was that slugs or was that 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 little white moth? That was slugs. Oh. Yeah, I didn't have any of the cabbage cabbage moths. I okay. had the slugs down and dirty. Uh, little slugs and I have lots of ground beetles and wonderful little predators but they mm-hmm. just can't keep up yeah. Yeah. so the so there's the slugs in the garden now a lot of things it's time to harvest from the garden but a lot of things you want to leave like root veg right right and yeah. you were saying some of the old school stuff, you want to get a bit of the frost action going. oh yeah um, uh, it's talking about um, uh, fruit trees long like I'm old so <laughs> long long ago <laughs> Uh, apples were horrible until they actually got a good little touch of frost. Yeah. Um, now, back then, we used to get frost like always right around Labor Day. Um, and, and then it would warm up a little bit into September and then we get socked in again. Um, so, uh, but now the frosts are a little bit later than they used to be. But still, um, for, for some of the fr- uh, fruit, try to leave them on the tree as long as you can if you have the old traditional varieties. If not, um, I found that you can actually put them in the fridge. Hmm. And so just putting them in the sweeten fridge will sweeten them up a bit. Um, because I, I, like we had talked about um, last year or uh, last week, no, last month, sorry. Um, I do a lot of, of canning. And, and so the great thing about apples is that you can um, do like apple butter mm-hmm. and all of those interesting things. Anything you want, really. And it apples tastes, are so versatile. tastes better if it's yeah. a little sweeter. Absolutely. And uh, but root veg, leave in the ground. Yeah, let them freeze. Right. Really? Oh yeah, let them freeze, and they just they just. So when do you pull them out? Whenever I need them. Like right until the end of October. One giant. We do lots of beets and carrots. Oh okay. We don't do one giant harvest. We typically wait until the first frost, and then we harvest when we need them after that. Oh. Some people leave them in all winter. They just mulch them. Oh really? And they go back in the spring and get them in the spring. Carrots. Yeah. Then you have to wait for the ground to thaw. Our winters might be a bit harsh for that. I know okay. that's a really popular thing in Ontario and the Maritimes, things like that. Right. Our winters might be a bit on the harsh side if we don't have good snow cover. Okay, that's bringing up an idea, a thought. How about garlic? When is the best time to do garlic? Thank you for that. So garlic you plant in the fall with your tulips. Oh, so you so, do it do it at the yeah, end of September. And garlic, okay. we are selling, I think it's something like six or eight times the garlic bulbs in the fall we did two years ago. Get out. It's insane. Like 10 different varieties. Oh, okay. And everyone's growing garlic. Garlic is actually one of the most profitable plants to grow. Oh. it's. I think it's in the top three, along oh. with like peppers. Yeah. You know, because it's it's quite expensive in the store, and it costs nothing mm-hmm. to, to grow it yourself. You just take a clove and plop it and in, it and off you go. And then the garlic plant glow, grows, and then you, you harvest once the plant dies back. Kind of like a potato. Oh, okay. So, you, 
So you you plant at the end of September and then you would harvest in August next year? Uh, July, August, yeah. July, August Mm -hmm. next year. Yeah, you want want the bulb to be nice and fat. Okay, good, I'm doing that this year. Right, (laughs) and it'll help keep mosquitoes away. Ah, I don't agree. <laughs> I, I do do that. I do. I do the garlic spray. Yeah. I, I do actually spray my work. whole garden. Yeah, I find it works. Does it stink? Uh, <laughs> I like the smell of garlic. Okay, well, <laughs> so it works for me. And I think that's about it for uh, uh, eager gardeners for this month. Uh, I hope yeah. everyone has a wonderful September. And yeah, get out there and get your hands dirty. Hopefully we get some nice sunshine and some dry weather and we can enjoy yeah. this fall. Absolutely. And then October, tons of work to do in October. <laughs> Mr. Cheerio yes. here. Winter's coming. Get to work. <laughs> On that note, thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm Rob Spurl from Salisbury Greenhouse. And I'm Kevin Napora from Salisbury Landscaping. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for being eager to get into that garden. Rob and Kevin are around every month on SalisburyGreenhouse.com or SalisburyLandscaping.ca. Till next time, keep your fingernails dirty and your thumbs green.